Hi, welcome back to another episode of Nobody's Doing It Right, the podcast for those who are uncertain. I haven't done an opening credit like that in a while. Um, my name is Kat. I'm your host. If you want to work with me one-to-one and talk about these things in more detail, feel free to book a call with me on my website. I offer 60-minute and 30-minute. I also have a Substack where I write about these topics, so you can find that information all in the show notes below. Um, I also do guidance session podcast recordings on my Substack as well, where I answer specific questions. If you don't want to work with me one-to-one but still want my advice, you can subscribe to that. Uh, Paid subscribers can actually ask me specific questions. But the rest of the questions I pull from my DMs, my comments, and all of them are anonymous, of course, but I just noticed that a lot of people have the same questions that I want to answer. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about self-sabotage and the fear of success. I feel like I've probably talked about this before, um, maybe in a different way. This is something that I kind of struggle with all the time as somebody who is creative, who is a business owner, um, and who just has been conditioned to have a lot of self-limiting beliefs. And I don't have any notes today. The last few episodes I've had notes, um, which have helped actually, but sometimes I want to record an episode where I'm just kind of talking and exploring things as I go. I think that's kind of enjoyable for a listener as well. Um, and sometimes my my thoughts will kind of go all over the place, but I think that's okay. <laughs> I think that can be kind of enjoyable too. Um, but yeah, self-sabotage, the fear of success, and specifically why when you get close to what you want, you sabotage yourself. You pull away. You stop doing what you know you need to do. And what I've learned is that the reason we do that is because we know we are on the precipice of of that change, of becoming that person, the version of ourselves that has that thing. And if you've been conditioned to believe that you don't deserve that thing, not even deserve, I don't know if deserve is the right word, but if you're not, if you don't believe that you are worthy of just getting what you want in life, that you're not worthy or good enough to be somebody who is happy, you know, which is kind of a sad realization. And I think it's, it's like a process of grief to realize that you feel this way about yourself. If you don't feel good enough and worthy enough to have the things you want that make you feel content and happy, you will stop yourself the moment you get close to getting it or when you get it. Like, I feel like sometimes you might get it and then completely ruin all your work, all your progress, burn it to the ground because it's so terrifying to sit with that achievement, to sit with what you got, right? And on the other hand, again, you know, you get close to it, you're right on the edge of it, you've done all the work, you've put all the work in, and then you stop doing it. You convince yourself out of continuing. You convince yourself out of all the work you put into that you were so sure of before, so certain of. You cut yourself off. You stop. And I, you know, and it is a sad thing again, because so many of us really are standing in our own way when it comes to things. Of course, there are many things in life that we cannot control. There are many circumstances that stand in our way that we can't change, right? There are systemic issues that we can't change. There's health, there's family dynamic. There's so many things that we cannot control. And that kind of stuff, yeah, you have to kind of accept it and work with it, right? Not not work against it, but work with your circumstances because that's that's the only way, right? But there are many things in life that you do have full control of, you do have full power over that you might be giving up on because of that, because you almost fear your own power. You almost fear your own strength in certain ways. And I think a lot of that is also tied to the fact that maybe... Again, I think a lot of this is rooted in our upbringings, the way we're conditioned to exist as children and survive as children. This is just what I've learned in therapy, of course. But uh, you might have been told that, you know, it's not good to take control of things, to to show your power, to be in it 100%. There's something maybe shameful of it. 
you might worry that you will hurt somebody else by being totally in your power in the sense that it'll yeah like you might not be able to control your power if you you step into it or being in it will hurt somebody's feelings somebody else will feel really upset seeing you in that again this is specifically for people pleasers of course um that people might look badly upon you if you do succeed or you do get what you want like they will hate you for it they'll look at you negatively they'll think you're you're full of yourself all that stuff is really just conditioned within us right it's ingrained in us uh based on the fears of the people around us and sure some in some cases those things are true right people might look at you and think oh they're so full of themselves or they think they're better than me or you know i'm upset like i feel really sad being in their presence because they've done what they've wanted to do i get that like and you don't want that of course you don't want to make anyone feel bad you don't want anyone to hate you for things that you want to do but at the end of the day that's that's not a you problem right that's a them problem that's that's not really your business how they feel about you going after what you want but because we've kind of intertwined ourselves and the people around us and we basically it's a form of enmeshment, right? We've enmeshed ourselves and how we see ourselves with how people, the other people in our lives see themselves through us, that we can't distinguish the two, right? So we feel responsible for them and their feelings and their experience. And if we are at the point, at the precipice of succeeding, of moving forward, and we can't take them with us, right? Because we're enmeshed, so we want to take them with us, but we can't because of course you can't, <laughs> especially if somebody doesn't want to do what you want to do or isn't ready for it or isn't capable of it you hold yourself back because you're like, oh, well, I can't go without them. I'm tied to them. And it's like, you're not, you know, you're not tied to them. And I think part of my own process of of working through my self-sabotage, I won't say I'm completely and totally over it, but working through my self-sabotage and my fear of success. And success doesn't have to just be uh, external and monetary and all that stuff. Or success can be anything that you feel like you want to do that you are holding yourself back from right now, like that, any success, right? It could be, I want to implement, I don't know, a daily walk into my schedule, but I feel like I can't because th there's some self-limiting self belief there that's holding me back, right? That It could be as, as simple as that. The way I've been able to kind of work through it or what I've learned throughout my process of working through it is that you are the one that's holding yourself back out of protection, right? You're trying to protect yourself. Your ego is scared and is trying to protect you. And that is great. And it's not about hating yourself for it. It's not about being angry and frustrated, even though it is frustrating. It's about acknowledging that you're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to keep yourself safe. It's acknowledging that effort that's going into protecting yourself based on the old programming you had. Right. This this self-sabotage was actually a protection mechanism when you were younger, probably. Right. Again, this is just from my own experience. So I'm sure it'll resonate with some other people as well. But this is obviously different for everybody. But for me and for people who relate to what I'm saying, this self-sabotage was actually a protection mechanism when you were younger. It was a way for survival to survive emotionally or physically or whatever. So it wasn't self-sabotage back then. It was actually self that, that was success back then. Right. To survive, to be OK, to be safe. Now, though, it is sabotage because your your ego, your internal, you know, narrative is operating from the old self, but you're trying to leave the old self, right? You're trying to move into the new self, the future self, the bigger self, right? Like you're trying to fill bigger shoes now, but you're operating from the old self. And so to the old self, like, no, this is what we've done forever and it's kept us safe. 
to the new self, though, though the one that's pulling you in the other direction, past that brink, that precipice of change, is saying, no, you're actually hurting me. This is hurting me now. And it's really, it's really tough to reconcile that. It's really difficult. And I can't say I've fully figured out how to break past the self-sabotage. The only thing I think it can be really beneficial that has worked for me is creating tools and um, practices that, that I don't want to say fight against it, but more work with it. Because I know the self-sabotage is going to come up. Of course it's going to come up. Again, it's like a program that keeps running and it's so deeply ingrained that it's hard to completely get rid of it, right? So I think it's it's sometimes more valuable to just accept that it's there, it's going to come up and finding tools and, you know, ways to manage it and to work to work with it so that you can still get to where you want to be. For me, those tools are often making sure I am being very specific and kind of planning what I know I need to do, right? When I write something down, for me, again, when I write something down, when I put it in my schedule, when I make it clear to myself where I can see it, you know, in in an agenda or on a notebook or wherever, it becomes more real to me and it becomes more valid. Like it, it's something that actually solidifies in me when I can see it written somewhere. This is why I also recommend journaling all the time to anybody that I, I work with or in my content. If I can see it, it becomes more real within me and it becomes a combative tool in a sense to the sabotage, the self-sabotage, because when you don't have specific plans, I find like specific things that you know you need to do, a, a specific list, the the self-sabotage can kind of confuse you, right? It can kind of lead you astray because you, you don't have something set in stone necessarily. Kind of like when you go grocery shopping and you don't really have a list, you kind of are just going in and you're like, mm, I'll figure it out. Like I know what I need kind of generally, right? I know what I need. But then you end up with way more than you were planning to get and you are also missing a lot of the things that you wanted a list would have been really beneficial, you know, and you don't have to follow the list 100%, but it, it gives you a guide, right? It gives you something to hold on to, some sort of anchor to to what you want and what the future version of yourself wants to eat, potentially, right? I think the same thing applies when it comes to self-sabotage and success. Um, and I know it, it's difficult to kind of find a rhythm and the motivation and momentum to be able to say, okay, I'm going to set goals. I'm going to write them down. I'm going to follow them. The discipline that goes into that, I get it. It's difficult. But I think part of the process is making clear notes or annotations or schedule blocks, whatever it is for you that that solidify like this is what I need to do. Being clear on it because you have to work from the the end goal backwards, right? This is where I want to get to. So this is the stuff that I know at, at this moment that I need to do because you don't know everything. You don't know the best way to get there. You don't know the 100% way that's going to get you there. It's just based on what you believe right now will work, right? What you think based on your knowledge currently that's going to help you. You have to go with that, right? Otherwise, you're never going to move, right? If you're waiting for the perfect way to do it, you have to go with what you know right now. And that'll adapt as you progress through the stages. So if you're holding yourself back, again, if this is a form of self-sabotage to say, but I don't know the right, 100% right way, there is no 100% right way. It's just what you know right now to get that momentum going. As you continue, as you progress through it, it'll change. So that's why I think the list or the scheduling it's not on a hundred percent thing. It's just something to, to give you an anchor and that'll change over time too. But the more you can kind of lean on something like that, it can really help to, to kind of combat the self-sabotage or at least work with it. And again, when it comes to sticking to that schedule, right, or sticking to those plans or whatever, it's the discipline. And discipline is difficult because discipline is rooted in self-worth feeling like I am worthy of this, so I'm going to do the hard thing. I'm going to sit through the discomfort of doing what I need to do 
For me, I found that if you are struggling with the worth part right now, because the worth will come also as you do the work and you progress through and you show yourself like, oh, I actually am capable of doing this because look, I have been doing it. So that must mean then that I'm capable of doing it. The way to stick through it and be disciplined now before you feel truly, truly worthy of it or truly capable of it is to not make it an option to not do that. It's almost like creating this 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 fail safe plan of there's no other option for me. Not making it a, a question of worth, not making it a question of feeling like how do I feel? Do I want to do this? It's not about whether you want to or don't want to or how you feel or if you're worthy of it. It's not about that. It's about there's no other option. Like I and that's why the list helps me as well. Um, I've put it down on the list, so it has to happen. Like it has to happen. I've put it down. And that's why you really have to hold the list or your schedule or whatever again uh, to high regard. Like if I put it there, it has to happen. It creates again an anchor. It creates this like mindset of this is serious now. Like we're getting, it's getting real right now when we put it down on this piece of paper or we put it in our scheduling app or whatever. It's not an option anymore. So you have to be really mindful as well about what goes onto the list, but what goes into the process. You have to be mindful of that. You can't make it too complicated and you can't make it too simple. And that's, I think, a big part of the process of working with your self-sabotage. If you can find the right combination of the, the doable tasks, the tasks that will be, yeah, uncomfortable, but that you can do, that they are doable. It'll just mean you have to be a little bit like you have to push yourself a little bit but not tasks that are so out of your reach right now because of your skill set or whatever that you'll never want to do them. They have to be the right kind of tasks, right? The right kind of goals and, and stepping stones in a sense. Those have to go on the list. And when they do, they're there and there's no other option. So I think this could be a good practice for anybody who struggles with self-sabotage. Think about what it is that you really want, what you want to achieve, a goal you want to get to. It can be anything. Again, it doesn't have to be anything like huge. It could be anything. And I also think it, it can be helpful to start small when it comes to this. So you can build up the practice of the discipline, the, you know, list making, the, you know, self-worth building, all that stuff. Starting small actually can be beneficial until you work up your way to like a bigger, a bigger achievement or a bigger goal, right? Figure out what it is you want. Get to think about that end point, right? Okay, I want to be, I want to do this. I want to be this, right? And work backwards. Okay, what do I know from my current self and my current knowledge? What do I believe will get me there? What are a few things that I know will get me there? Write those down, right? Write, write down maybe even all the things somewhere or make note of them in your mind or whatever. Think about them. Think about all the things that you could potentially do. Now, what are the ones that are actually doable and within your capabilities, but will push you a little bit? Those are the ones that are going in the list. And once they go into the list or the schedule or whatever you want to call it, they're non-negotiables now. So be clear on what those non-negotiables are and make them something that you know you can stick to, but will also, you know, force you to grow. That's how I process this. That's how I've worked against it. It's, it's again, it's not easy. It's easier said than done. But I think once you start, once you create a, a like um, a practice, a routine of this, it can really help to combat the self-sabotage. And the more you do it, the more you show yourself you're capable of sticking to the things that you say you're going to stick to, even the small tasks that you believe will get you to that end goal. The more you do it, the more you repeat them, the more and more you build that self-worth and the more you show yourself that, oh, maybe I can actually succeed. And the more you do them, the more it actually feels enjoyable. So you stop fearing the concept of success because you're already kind of succeeding as you take the steps and you do the things and you stay disciplined. 
so it is a slow progression. It's a slow reprogramming, but this is what's like really worked for me. And again, of course, like you will fall off. It happens. Um, it's not easy to break out of these old patterns and these old beliefs, right? But I think having an anchor like like this system that I've been using can be really helpful. And I hope it's helpful for anybody else who's listening to this um, because, yeah, we all, we're worthy of having the lives we want. We're worthy of feeling good and and trying to get to where we want to be and not holding ourselves back. Like, it's different if just our external circumstances don't let us. It's different, right? Like, life can suck sometimes and it won't let you do what you want to do. And that's, you know, and that's, it is what it is. But to not let ourselves stand in our way, right? If it's just a matter of us, like, that's such a shame to let ourselves get in our own way, um, simply because we're trying to protect ourselves. But at the end of the day, we're hurting ourselves too, right? So yeah, I hope this was helpful. I hope it was beneficial. Um, if you want to explore this again in more detail, like really work with me specifically for what you're trying to do, uh, feel free to book a one-to-one -one call. Uh, I also offer email guidance, right? I, I love working with people and really helping them through their specific thing. I love the problem-solving aspect of it. Um, as I always say, I'm not a therapist, of course. I just love talking about this stuff. I'm really passionate about it. And I've worked a lot on my own personal growth and my own self-exploration. And I want to help anybody else who relates to what I say, because I think I think we all need it in some way, right? We need to find the people that connect with us and resonate with us. And yeah, and it's helped me to listen to other people like me who do this stuff and work with people like that. So yeah, if you're interested, feel free to reach on my website and I'll be back again next week with another episode.